Woody Womack and Mike Farrell back for another episode of our podcast. Mike, uh, we talked, uh, I guess yesterday, people will have seen our video talking about Jeremy Pruitt getting fired. Philip Fulmer also out as AD. Now VolQuest is reporting that they're going to hire an AD before they hire a coach. So we are in for the long haul here. Uh, you know, like I said, we kind of talked about thinking about why Pruitt's out. But you want to talk about the glory days that don't exist. <laughs> yeah, no. Tennessee yeah. football, and they were yeah. so good. So let's hear it. I, I had to hear most yeah. of it already, but uh, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's it's embarrassing to me. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not a Vols fan. I'm not a fan of any program, but I think it's disgusting what has happened to this program. And, you know, I, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm older than than you, so I grew up kind of, on Tennessee being a, a really good program. When I first got into this business, you know, 11 and one, 10 and two, 11 and two, 13 and no national championship. Those were the norms. And, and when I started calling recruits about Tennessee and visits, they raved about it and loved it, loved the atmosphere, loved the coaches. And Tennessee was not really picking and choosing, but as close as you could be without a great home state. Um, you know, and then Fulmer has a couple bad years. They punt them. And ever since then, it's been just a, an embarrassment. So I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for Smokey, the dog. I feel bad for the checkerboard end zone, which can't speak. But I feel that it's 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 uh, its feelings are hurt. And I just don't know how a program like this gets run into the water. This reminds me of The Office, you know, where Michael Scott listens to the GPS and just drives into the, the lake. That's what Tennessee's done with their football program. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, say what you want about, oh, they, you know, Vol, Twitter, and whatever. Tennessee has a – they have a really good fan base. They can fill up any venue. They travel to any bowl game. I mean, what you're saying is true. The problem is and, – and there was a brief period, I guess you could say, during the early Butch Jones era and even during the Kiffin time briefly where – kids got that feeling again like i mean if you go back and look at that butch jones class that brought in you know derek barn the derek barnett josh malone jalen hurd you know they, they, there's a ton of nfl players in that first few years now he got a little high on the hog uh, burned some bridges with a lot of important people and then their recruiting dropped off a cliff they you know whenever coaches start to get in this mode that they think they're the smartest people ever and they don't need to uh take highly ranked players or whatever, like that's when you run into trouble. And if you remember, they had their director of player personnel go into the, the alumni meeting saying, we'll trust our evaluations. And you remember Niedermeyer, who's at the center of this total disaster on signing day a couple of years ago. Remember when he went on Twitter and said, if this guy's a three-star, I know whatever, you know, guess what? You're fired <laughs> uh, because you went and spent a bunch of money trying to get kids that, weren't good enough to play you know so there was a time it's not that far in the, the rearview mirror where a good coach had excitement and brought in a ton of good players there now i think their classes are overrated every year and i tell you that on the rankings calls uh and i think it's tough because you you have that name brand but you they just don't there's not a track record of success other than the butch jones nine win seasons where josh dobbs covered up a lot of mistakes i think yeah. And, and Kiffin was, I mean, the one year with Bryce Brown and, and his one year recruiting was amazing. 
it was fun. It was exciting. He was, you know, it was challenging Urban Meyer and, um, you know, but then he took off for USC, which was his dream job and, and left in the middle of the night. And since then it's been, you know, pretty much a disaster. And, and, you know, Pruitt's the same way as, as Butch. Butch started off in state the right way. Pruitt started off in state the wrong way. And, right. you know, so it's opposite. Like Butch started off and then he burned bridges and then fell off a cliff. Pruitt burned bridges right away and then built some back up. Um, but the, the record on the field was just atrocious. And, and it, you know, and then you throw in NCAA investigations and all that stuff, you're gone. And I don't know, man, I just, there's, there's like five programs that I want to be good again as a, as a child of the eighties and a, you know, forming my, my true college football passion in the nineties and Tennessee's one of them. Um, and I, I just think with the facilities and the fans and, and listen, the fans aren't nice to us. I mean, they're just, <laughs> they're very rabid fan base, but they're just, you know, they're super not nice people. <laughs> probably, probably at home, not to us though, but it's such a passion for, for the, this, this program and Knoxville is their pro town. That's it. I mean, you go in there and it's everything Tennessee and, and there's so much passion for it that, you know, they should be a successful program and, and Nebraska's up there and Michigan's up there and Miami's up there. And, and again, as you mentioned, I get caught in snippets of time where I remember how great the program was and I kind of want that back. And I think it should be easy. And, and I think this one should be easy and somebody's going to come in and fix it eventually, but the buffoons that are running this show ever since firing Fulmer, Mike Hamilton and, and beyond just have screwed this thing up so bad that we're, I mean, 2007, they were 10 and four and they, they tied for first in the East. It's 2020. No, it's 2021 now. That's what I'm saying. Any, no recruit remembers them being good. None, none, not one. And, and, and I guess to me, it feels like that's three years ago, but it's not, it's so far removed, but to continue to screw up on a public level, it's, it's almost hard to do consistently once in a while you feel you trip and fall face first into a good candidate and, 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 and have some success, but it's just not happening. So Something big needs to change there. Now, obviously, Fulmer is not going to be part of the, the hiring process, which is fine because I don't think he's I don't think he's uh, qualified for it. But, you know, distancing yourself from him, you're blowing the whole thing up. And maybe that's what's needed. I, I just don't think I would distance myself from Fulmer. I mean, think about it, dude. That Fulmer didn't want to be an AD. He wanted to like be a pseudo football coach. Like he was out there coaching O linemen. They got a, they had a violation because he was out on the field being an extra coach. It's like you can't. That's not your job, man. Like I just, I just he coached not. there for seventeen years and had two losing seasons, and they got rid of him. Well, and listen, I don't. Yeah, I don't argue with you that they shouldn't have fired him. But that, that, like you said, that was thirteen years ago. Now he. You can blame Wyoming. Because did they lose to Wyoming? Yeah, Wyoming was like a twenty-six point underdog one hundred and fifty years ago. Um, he, he was he was kind of, you know, stepping down before that game, but that was kind of like the explanation point on the end of the Fulmer era, and uh, it was an embarrassing loss for sure. But you know, I 
I think if they if they could look into the future and see what came next, uh, they would probably have kept him and and maybe maybe made a better transition. He wouldn't be coaching now, but they they could have waited a little bit, made a better transition. I would say you know, 2015, 2014. Well, but careful yeah. what you wish for is what we talked about. Right. This is a top down issue. This is not. This is beyond the athletic director. This goes. It's kind of like a, like a bad NFL team. It starts with the owner, you know, and they don't have a clear vision from the president to the AD. You know, you, they haven't had any stability there. And it's just kind of, you know, manifesting everywhere else. Now their basketball program has been on the rise and they've done a great job. So it, it's not total dysfunction, but it's like, geez, man, this is just, if you're a Tennessee fan, you've just got to be, you've got to feel like a Jets fan or something <laughs> like, or like a, I'm trying to think of another miserable franchise, you know, that's uh, yeah, uh, Sacramento yeah. Kings or something. <laughs> you really, yeah yeah I mean, you yeah, just got that's you, probably when people ask about the vols too but um it's also become the place where good players go to become mediocre like when i when i watch the saints and i watch dalvin kamara and how he's used with like a real coach in a real offense and then i think back to jalen hurd being the guy who's getting the carries and kamara wasn't getting as much touches as he should have and it just you you're baffled by it, it it's just shocking um and that's one example josh malone you know Derek barnett had a great career uh but name another guy who was highly ranked at tennessee trey smith has been a disappointment you know i mean basically the way it's been at tennessee any of the players who were good were good right away like barnett they were good right away he didn't i mean you could say he had a great career but it's not like he went from you know good to you know, the best player in the nation or whatever, he got out of there and he's had a decent NFL career, won a Super Bowl. Uh, Kamara, like you mentioned, was like a bit player. And that's the other problem. You have Alvin Kamara as an alum. He should be, you should be begging him to come stand on the sidelines, wear Tennessee stuff after. I mean, he's like got so much cachet with current players and recruits. Do you ever hear him talk about being a Vol or anything? Like never. I don't think he was happy there. I mean, because of the way he was used and right. But you know, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of the way uh, CJ Spiller was used at Clemson. It was, it shook my head. I used to watch games and, and there would be close games with Tommy Bowden against average football teams because Spiller got 12 touches. And I'm like, I'm, I, I got, I'm smarter than this. I, 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 I have to be smarter than this. And I have to be smarter than these guys that, felt that Jalen Hurd was the solution and Kamara should get, you know, less touches than I would have given them all 30 times, not, not handoffs, but get him touches. And it just never happened. And it's just another example of how horrible things have become. So how about this idea, Woody? Ready? Yep. Let's take all the delusional football programs and put them in one conference. So then someone has to win. Okay, so who, so the all delusion, delusional all, all delusion. I mean, Nebraska, Tennessee. I don't think Nebraska fans are that delusional anymore, by the way, because I think they've accepted their fate a little bit. I um, think, well, it's been, it's been about the same as Tennessee. I mean, the, the late 90s were the same. So in 10 years, I think the delusion will wear off because people will start to die off. 
Right, but they're not ready to fire Frost yet. If the Tennessee would be ready to fire, Tennessee fans would have already had Frost fired. I think maybe, yeah. maybe. But let's put Nebraska in there. Let's put Tennessee in there. Let's put Michigan in there. Miami, Miami for sure. Texas. Let's put Texas in there, and they shouldn't be delusional. They are because they have so many advantages, but it's still been embarrassing that they can't find a coach and can't win. Who else should be in there? Mm. Well, I don't know. I'm, I was trying to think of a, you know. Penn State? Should Penn State be yeah, in there? Yeah, put there, sure. <laughs> they were close a couple of years ago. They almost made the playoff. Uh, I was going to say Washington. I was going to say Washington, but they made the playoff once in the last. Yeah, and they don't really have a, I mean, they have a strong fan base, but you don't hear. Um, but they were a national champion. Didn't they win multiple national championships <clears throat> in the 90s? So, yeah, but then you'd have to, I mean, you'd have to throw Georgia Tech and Colorado in there. I mean, because they each won part of one. But I think our, our division is is nice if we add one more team and then somebody wins. I'm just trying to think <laughs> of who that team could be. Well, you know, you can throw Florida State in there now if you want. Because they're so bad oh, that yeah. Yeah, they there's, are. there's yeah. a delusion that they're going to be back to, you know, winning a national championship and all that stuff. And, and they are so far from that. It's really sickening. So you could throw them in there. Um, yeah, I'll put them in there. Who? So I, I would like Texas to or Miami to probably win that. I, I think Texas. I, I, I'm starting to believe all the hype about sark and i do this i, I did know. it with tom herman but i'm falling into the sark zone all right so i guess that's enough uh balls talk for one day as we're gonna be there is i mean can we talk about Dorantano and how he was the poster child for the blame of all this yeah we can talk about him so so he got blamed for everything he really wasn't horrible he wasn't good he's he's kind of like would be a good backup at like He's like a good serviceable NFL backup who has a long career. You know who he is? Who? He's the Michigan version of Jay Patterson. I mean, the Tennessee version of Jay Patterson. Uh, I could see that, but I think Shay was a lot better than Jared ever was. Yeah, but you look at the numbers. I mean, Gorantano had 12 TDs and three picks in 2018, 16 TDs and eight picks in 2019 and you would think that he threw 40 interceptions those two years that's and this year too but he had, did have three pick sixes this year i think yeah this year wasn't a good year he but, saved um, listen he saved them last year that six game winning streak that was all him coming in to bail them out in like every game and and michigan fans crap on shea patterson and if you look at his numbers at michigan they're actually better than garantano's but I, i'm just saying that Everybody likes to blame one guy. This is a team. And I said this, we had a podcast. Was it you or Gorning? I can't remember, but I, I watched the Florida game, I think it was. And remember, I was looking for signs of life. Was that the one that Harrison Bailey started the first start? Uh, I think so. Yeah, they were in the okay. game. I was I mean, looking for signs of life and positivity. This team stinks. There's no talent. Well, and now the question the question is does Harrison even stick around I mean he it, it he made it pretty good his dad went on Twitter a month ago and said we came here to play for Pruitt you know 
Um, and it being guys got slower because remember they had the fastest wide receiver class in the country. When <laughs> with Weidman a couple years ago, remember? Yeah, last that was last year. Yeah, Weidman who well, had just, like one yeah. catch for five yards or something. I mean, I yeah. watched I watched the team speed and they were they were absolutely like slow. Like if you would put Rutgers uniforms on them, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, Hyatt was, yeah, yeah, Hyatt was the only one that was – they would lose to Rutgers. It wouldn't even be close. Rutgers would – I'd put Rutgers as like a seven-point favorite against this Tennessee team. Well, it's a good thing they ran Shiano off of Twitter. Okay. Well, we don't got to talk about that. <laughs> I don't – you know, that was one of – that was a ridiculous moment in the Twitter college football history. Um, well, that that's when I first learned that you can't stop social outrage. You can't. And it's, it's fake social outrage, but it's social outrage. You can't stop it. Like, it will ruin you and destroy you. So every day, you know, I'm trying to be careful, but there was no stopping that train when it started to roll. And I thought, there's no way they're going to back out on this because of Twitter. And then they do. And I'm like, wow. Did they end up paying him any money? I don't know, but he was hired. They had that memorandum of understanding or whatever, remember? Yeah. Yeah, geez. What had a job, and then Twitter took it away. So uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about uh, that I'm not sure I've seen your opinion. I know you've probably written about it. Uh, Urban Meyer takes the job uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, you think he's going to be a failure? Is that right? Is that I do. I do. Yes. No, no, not a, not a colossal failure. We're not talking like, you know, Steve Spurrier with the Redskins or uh, you can't say Redskins anymore, right? So Steve Spurrier with the Washington football team and, um, you know, Chip Nick Kelly, Saban. Do you count Chip Kelly as a colossal failure? I kind of do because he was – he went to the playoff. I think he's going to be level of Chip Kelly. Right, they like, went to the playoffs and then half of his team won the Super Bowl like two years later or whatever, right? Right. But he was such a – from what I understand, such an obnoxious human being. Right, yeah. No one could stand playing for him. And I don't think Urban's going to be that obnoxious human being, but I don't think that he's going to be a guy that people buy into. He's not shopping for their groceries now. These aren't kids that he recruited. He's not sending them off to, to make millions. He's dealing with millionaires. And we know Trevor is not going to be an issue. He's the highest character kid you can find. He's going to be great. There's some talent on that team. You know, Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, um, Miles Jack. Uh, Robinson, the running back, yeah. But, you know, I think what will happen is Urban will get him to the playoffs in three years, and then he'll have another health issue, and he'll be gone. And then I think Trevor is going to win Super Bowls. I just don't think it's going to be under Urban. Yeah, I mean, but I would consider that a success. If he takes him from one win to eight wins and then he quits, I think that's fine because anyone's going to want to come coach Trevor now. The question is who they hire as the GM. I think, you know, that process is ongoing. We saw, we're seeing, one of the things that makes me so mad about the NFL is like the Chargers hiring the Rams defensive coordinator. Like, what are you doing? Your whole team, your whole focus should be on, we have Justin Herbert who could be like, you know, an all-time level quarterback or at least top five in the NFL, especially based on his rookie season. And you bring in a defensive coach. Why do they do that? Like, I don't, 
hire an offensive mind to groom, to continue grooming him. Like instead you hire some defensive dude and you know, they're not even, who's barely even going to deal with the quarterback. He should be your number one priority going forward. Yeah. And, and I don't mind the defensive hires as long as you hire a, you know, an offensive coordinator and a quarterback whisperer that you're going to hand the reins to and be okay with. Um, but they should, they should keep yeah. Pep Hamilton, in my opinion. I'll, I think Pep Hamilton should be get like, I think he should be a college head coach. I'm not sure why he fell out of like, he went from being a head coaching candidate in college to being a position coach in the NFL. Like, what happened? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of guys like that. And, and, and I think there's in the NFL, you know, I'm glad Salah got the Jets job because I think he's a, a good candidate. And obviously, the enemy is going to get one of these jobs. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm leaning towards your way now where you said he wasn't going to get one. I think you might be right. Well, I think, I think, he, I think he might get one. I mean, obviously they're still waiting because the chiefs won. Uh, but you hear his name less and less and less. Um, but I think somebody out there has to be waiting to hire him. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it can't just be this way forever. I just don't get, I just don't get it. Like, I just don't, I, I understand like, okay, we're going to hire some defensive coaches, but I mean, even, you know, Dayball from uh, the bills who, you know, someone should, someone should hire him. He came from Nick, you know, he was Nick Saban's offensive coordinator. Remember not that long ago. Yeah. He worked yeah, for Belichick. He worked for Saban and now he's took the horrible Buffalo bills and Josh Allen, the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL, and has completely turned him around. Like, what else do you have to do? Yeah, and 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 the Texans, there's talk of um, hiring Leslie Frazier, which, you know, it just it, it, it it's the same guys. Wasn't he? Over, a, what, did, what did he coach the Vikings or something? Vikings, and he he was 21 and 32. They were they won playoff year. Otherwise, he won three games every year, and he's a, he's a very good uh, coordinator and assistant head coach. But he's already been there, done that, had his chance. So why give him another one? But yet, like it's just the retread league, you know. Like Marvin Lewis has been discussed for jobs. Marvin Lewis did nothing at Cincinnati. Well, uh, I would. I don't think Marvin Lewis would be a horrible candidate if he could. If you were a bottomed-out franchise, to like he could get you to respectability. Like you said, though, he's not. I'm not hiring him to take me from eight and eight to the Super Bowl. I'm I'm hiring him from to take me from two and fourteen to eight and eight and stabilize the franchise. But why not give a shot to the enemy when you no, could, when you've been I, there and seen what Leslie Frazier can do as a head coach and you've seen what Marvin Lewis can do as a head coach? You haven't seen what this guy can do. Yeah, the problem is Biennemi is going to end up getting some horrible job and he's not going to do well because he's on in a horrible situation. And like, I mean, to be honest with you, the Texans, especially if, you know, if you're the, and now we're going to say NFL podcast all of a sudden, if you're the Texans and the Dolphins tell you, hey, we'll give you Tua for Deshaun Watson and, you know, we'll give you Tua and the three, number three pick, you should say no. <laughs> because, because if the Dolphins are ready to cut bait on Tua, that means you, you might as well just trade for nothing because he's not going to Tua sucks. <laughs> hey, what was his nickname coined by me? Long Tua star. Ago. It was Tua star. <laughs> now, in high school, he was not a Tua star. <laughs> you, you have to admit that. Yes, right? I was wrong. 
Should but again, it's, 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 here are the rosters for the ah. Texans and Dolphins. <laughs> my wife but, started talking to me. But here, here's my thinking. And again, I'm, I'm jaded by the lefty thing because <laughs> the, the spin on the ball is weird. And I just, something, something's there. But I'm also jaded on the <clears throat> guys with 18,000 weapons that, you know, have great careers that I don't believe have the arm strength, the size, the durability. Um, he's got accuracy. That's about it. And, <clears throat> you know, he had, he had, he had rugs, he had Devonte Smith, he had Jerry Judy, he had Jalen Waddle, he had Najee Harris. Honestly, I'm six foot one, 260 pounds of fat. I could probably have a pretty solid year with those guys throwing the ball. Okay. Well, you couldn't know, but the, the fact that Matt came in and went to another level tells you all you need to know, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so I would say absolutely no. I don't want Tua. Nobody wants Tua. Tua was a big mistake already, and we know it. Um, you know, and the Texans should not trade Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson, and, and, and I get his frustration. But you shouldn't be involved in the selection of a coach. You shouldn't be involved in the selection of a general manager. Well, but they, they here's the thing. Then they shouldn't have told him he was going to be. Like, that's, well, that's right. the difference. Don't then don't tell they're, them they're, they're Tennessee of uh, the NFL. You and I both know that Deshaun Watson is like, you know, the nicest human being ever. Right. So the fact that they've managed to piss him off that bad. And I was, <laughs> I was telling to my brother-in-law, I was like, Deshaun, like the Deshaun Watson I know or knew was so easy to deal with all the time. Like, so the fact that they've managed to piss him off this bad shows you that like, they're a disaster. You're right. They are the Tennessee of the, uh, of the NFL and this is just, this is just I just crazy. had an idea. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Tennessee should hire Bill O'Brien. I mean, I think that was actually one of their, that was one of the candidates that I heard floated around. Now he's in there. Uh, the coach from coastal Carolina, who evidently is a, you know, huge balls fan. It's so interesting how all these guys were huge balls fans. <laughs> like, you know, Oh, Kiffin, his wife was a Vol cheerleader. He loves the Vols. No, he, he wants to make money. All these dudes, like, it's so hard when you're a fan to put yourself into the mind of non-fans. Like, you don't, even the players, like, oh, his dad played for Tennessee. Why doesn't he want to come there? Because he doesn't care. Because he's a kid right. who's trying to become a millionaire. Like, he, he's not focused on where, you know, guess what? My dad was a logger. You don't see me out in the woods cutting down trees. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting in, on my butt in a bedroom filming a video with you because I don't, I'm too lazy to go work like a real man. You know, Nobody wants to log. Logging's hard. Right. Um, so it, it, I, I just think, I just think that whole thing of like, you know, I, <laughs> this is just yeah. such a disaster. It would be funny though, hiring Bill O'Brien because that's someone who, who they gave ultimate power to in Houston. And he absolutely decimated that football program. But, um, but he didn't, he didn't do bad handling the nightmare at Penn state and kind of like, no, he did well. Right. So you need a, what I think they need is, and I was going to say this when we were talking earlier, I think they need like almost one of these, we need to go back to the raw, raw, almost like Jeff Collins at Georgia tech, where he's going to a embrace 
the tradition that you've talked about. We yep. embrace the former players. We need Peyton. We need Kamara. We need, you know, whoever, even Derek Barnett. Do you see Derek Barnett lives in Nashville? Do you ever see Derek Barnett around the team or anything? I, I never do. I'm not sure I understand. Shut up, watch. <laughs> so I don't understand like, why Derek Barnett's not showing up to games. It, so that's the thing is like you need someone that's going to rally the troops. You don't need, oh, old Pruitt, he's just a ball coach. Oh, shucks. It's like, oh, like yeah. yeah, he's just a ball coach. The fact <laughs> when he when he got up there and gave that press conference and said, well, 10 years ago, I was a kindergarten teacher. Must be doing something right. <laughs> no, you're, you're doing something right. Tennessee is not doing something right by hiring a person who was a kindergarten teacher 10 years ago to run their program. <laughs> like, that's a bad sign. That's not a good sign. Um, I, do, I do have a serious hire for you, though, that I think would buy into everything you're saying. Okay. That would absolutely, you know, buy into the culture, the fans, the, the, the traditions. Um, and that's... Gerard Mayo with the Patriots. And I think you could not find a better hire for Tennessee right now. Um, he's, he's in line or being interviewed at least for some NFL head coaching jobs. Um, he's I, didn't know he under, wasn't, I didn't know he wasn't still a player. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> he's, um, he's uh, been under, uh, under Belichick. Um, their inside linebackers coach and a guy that's a real sharp um, and, and has played under Belichick has played and coached and learned under Belichick and is a former ball and was a first rounder to come out of there. And all the ties are there. Um, and I remember him as high school kid, you know, sort of an, a sawed off undersized linebacker who was very, 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 very good. Um, and I think he would be a great hire. And I think that would be the guy that buys in because I think you're right. I mean, Bill O'Brien's not going to buy in. No, Bill O'Brien. From all indications, Bill O'Brien is not a nice person. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, you would know. Well, no, I, I, I kind of do. Okay. Um, you would know. <laughs> you know, but Gerard Mayo is a guy who would bleed orange, you know? Um, so I think that's, that's where I go. That's where I go if I'm Tennessee and, 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 and I bring him in and he's a defensive coach. I get it. You don't want that these days, but he would put a good staff around him. Um, and he would be perfect. Absolutely perfect for Tennessee. So if that happens, I am going to be a thousand percent Vols are going to be successful, but until they get that rah-rah guy, I just don't know. Yeah, I just, you know, and Andy, I heard Andy Staples say that it's the highest pressure job of any, of high, higher pressure than the New York Yankees manager, higher pressure than anything Ooh. to be the Tennessee Vols head coach because of the way you are just under everything you do is under a microscope. Like, uh, and I, I might agree with him. Like, it's crazy. And you know what? <laughs> you know, you and I always talk about like what happened if we get laid off or whatever. You know, the day tomorrow, Jeremy Pruitt's going to wake up and, you know, going to smell some fresh air and be like, you know, thank God I don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, you know, who knows if he gets his buyout? Who knows if, uh, who knows if he'll get another job? I mean, someone will hire him as defense. You know, Texas might try to hire him immediately to be the defensive coordinator. He'll, either yeah. he'll be back in Tal uh, Tuscaloosa working for, Saban in some capacity. Um, 
because that's one of his guys, you know. And I think that's where he can be successful. Yeah, he's an assistant know? coach. He's not a head coach. Right. And he doesn't play well with others. Right. And you have to deal with that for his ability to game plan, play call, coach up and scheme. And he's very good at that as well. But being a head coach, you're a manager. So that's like <clears throat> for a little while in my rival's career, I was a manager, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I still have nightmares. <laughs> and I'm, a, I, 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 I'm, I'm talent. So what we call me. I'm talent. That's what so your contract you ask, says. Yeah. You ask talent to become a manager, especially when your manager has sort of a screw loose. And it's a disaster. It's a nightmare. You know, I mean, everybody rebels. Nobody likes you. And, and that's just what a head coach is. He has to be able to make everybody happy in every way and, and keep everything fluid. And, and that's not what Pruitt is. But Gerard Mayo, Okay, that's your guy. You know, I. Speaking of which, so I think it was two or three years ago. However long Cristobal's been the coach at Oregon, it was right after he got the job. I had flown out there for a bachelor party or something, and he was like, "Oh, come, come by. You know, we'll we'll talk a little bit. We could." I was like, "Oh, good. We can record a podcast. You know, blah blah. We did record a podcast." But the amount of stuff he had to do. I mean, I was there for probably three hours, and it was just like the amount of directions that these coaches get pulled in. He's like, Oh, some guy's retiring. You got to go in and present him with the Jersey. And then this person's doing this. You got to go do this. Like it is constant, like one thing for another. It's really like being like the president, you know, you got to go sign autographs for this person. This guy's last day, this person's birthday. That's the janitors, whatever. Like oh, it's 30 years here. We, I seriously walked all over road elevators <laughs> and did all this stuff just to get like a 15 minute podcast interview. And that's just w one snippet of one day. That doesn't even, none of that encompassed football talk. None of it was yeah, watching that, film. That's why you have to have an, an unbelievably excessive amount of energy and yeah, passion. Yeah. And we know he's that guy. I mean, yeah, I remember first meeting him at Rutgers, I think it was. And it's just like, what is this guy on? No, like, he's insane. Especially, he's always, you know, getting on me to lose weight or whatever. And he's like, oh, come out here. Oh, is get he? You, get you whipped into shape. Well, he loves helping people lose weight. It's like one of his. Oh, he hasn't tried to help me lose weight at all. Yeah, well, he hasn't seen you in person in a while. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, I'm, I'm a little insulted, actually. But. That, that is the type of energy and you have to be an ambassador. You have to be, you know, slick Rick. And, and that's why I think back to urban, you know, he's going to be successful at the college level and not so much at the NFL level. I remember this is a local thing. Tom O'Brien was the head coach at Boston college for 10 years. And, and he begrudgingly did everything that you're talking about. You know, this, this guy's retiring and you got to show up and smile. And he, he didn't like any of it. And then he sold out and went to NC State and got a lot of money. And he did it all. And I believe I saw the most miserable human being <laughs> ever because he didn't want to do any of that. And they were paying him so much at the time that he had to do it. Like at least, at least the PC was underpaid. Um, you have to want that. And I don't know if Pruitt wanted that. Um, I don't know if certain guys buy into it. I'm very interested to see about Sark because Sark is a different Sark than he was at USC. He's very, uh, 
what's the word? I don't know. He's definitely different. I mean, he's he's very calm. He's very well managed, and I, I I I'm impressed by the way he is handling himself compared to the old Sark. Now I don't know if that's going to be beneficial to Texas or not, but I'm very interested to see because <clears throat> that Texas job, you know, whoever it was, Andy Staples said that the Tennessee job is that, and I get it. Texas job is the same way. Really, 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 really hard, you know? Yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, I don't, I, some reason, you know, I talked to a couple of people who were like, you know, they think Sark's going to be really successful. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm super sold, but I mean, I'm not a, like, he's going to be, you know, when Jeremy Pruitt got hired, I knew he was not going to be successful. Uh, and I told it to every person I knew. I couldn't say it publicly because what do you, you know, what can you do? You can't, you can't come out to a fan base and say, this hire sucks. You guys are going to be terrible. You know? I did it. I did it. For who? Herm Edwards? <laughs> <clears throat> no, I did it for Charlie Strong. It oh, you, you hated Charlie Strong? Charlie yeah, Strong because, is just a bad fit. He should have stayed at Louisville. Yeah, still be it wasn't him. Charlie Strong. I mean, yeah. he's going to be on the Jag staff, apparently, and he's, he's a good coach and all that. But it was just such a bad fit. It was like, let's pick the worst fit for Charlie Strong at a high-level job. Oh, there it is, Texas. And, and I said it, and this is the problem. You say it, people hate you. They want you dead. <clears throat> then you're right, and they want you dead even more. They want you double dead, you know? Right. Like, oh, right. You guys should hate this guy. He just he just took money from you and, and dragged your program down for three years. No, you hate us. You suck. That's why you hated Charlie. And I'm like, you're defending Charlie now after bashing him for three straight years. It's just, it's a weird dynamic. So you're right. You have to be careful. But <clears throat> I, 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 I like the Sark hire. I do. I, I like it more and more every day. All right. Well, this turned into a all vols uh, podcast special. Um, uh, I did want to do, you know, one of this. We haven't done some of our segments in a long time, just because we've been scrambling all over. But you got I a five have, star for me in the NFL. I do have a forgot. I have a few forgotten five stars of the week. So uh, tight end edition. So do you know which team Ricky Seals Jones plays for? Oh my God! First of all. <laughs> first of all he didn't stay a five star he was he didn't didn't finish his one i don't believe so let me look him i'll look him up right now ricky seals jones don't google him because you're going to find out who he plays for he was an athlete in the class of 2000 he did finish at number 40 overall so we dropped him yeah 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 i have no idea no clue he is on the kansas city chiefs doing what playing he was in the game yes you put the jacket on kelsey no, he play, he plays. Let me see his stats this season. He's got to be third string, though, right? Uh, I don't. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he, he's on the team. His stats this season. I hate the NFL website, by the way. Uh, he did not catch a pass this year. <laughs> <laughs> he puts the jacket on Kelsey when right. he's cold. He was playing for the Cardinals a couple of years ago. He has sixty career catches for seven hundred seventy-three yards and eight touchdowns. He is their fourth string tight end. <laughs> right, but Kelsey, I mean, Nick Kelzer, Deion Yelder, and then Ricky Seals Jones. So good for him. He so was always he, a nice kid, right? Right. So he was a quarterback, wasn't he? That we knew was going to play receiver. Is that right? Uh, 
I don't remember him being a quarterback. We ranked him as an athlete, so. I don't remember him being a quarterback. I remember his dad. Remember his dad? I don't remember his dad, actually. Oh, God, his dad showed up at everything. He was the nicest guy ever. Talk your ear off. And and Ricky was one of our first, you know, five-star challenge guys way back right. in the day. I think he was, what, Chicago? No, I think he was Atlanta. Was he Atlanta? He was one of the, the OGs. But, yeah, I would have never – known that in a million years but i I love the guys that used to be fives and dropped to four those are fun like there's one okay so so there's one for you uh he's still in the nfl he could get a super bowl ring this year um and he was a wide he played wide. didn't he tear his acl like late in his high school career or something oh maybe early in college well i'm seeing pictures back when we had to know everything about every kid because right. of our former boss, right? And I've purged it out of my head. Yeah, the nation's number one wide receiver, according to rivals. Back he was, he was committed to Texas too, which I don't remember. I don't remember that either, but I, I do remember he was a five and dropped to four. Okay, so the other one I have was another five-star tight end, Isaac Nada. He's not playing. <laughs> He was with he's, the Lions the last time I heard. He's on a team that's still alive in the playoffs. Can you guess which team it is? I'm going to guess Tampa Bay. Uh, no, it's the Green Bay Packers. Really? And I didn't even know this until yesterday when I was going. Because, you know, this is the time where I start to look to make sure we're going to have multiple five stars in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Packers have Rashawn Gary, who would be good for us. Number one overall player. It'd be nice to have Playing him. Playing well. Playing well, too. At a position <laughs> that we didn't even come close to ranking him. <laughs> uh, hybrid. He's playing a live linebacker hybrid. Uh, so, Nada has been on the Lions uh, for his first few years of his career. He got cut on December 5th. And a week later, he got signed to the practice squad for the Packers. So he's yet to uh, make an appearance. Three career catches for 16 yards. For I can't believe he's still in the NFL. Let me tell you something. He was such a good defensive lineman. I sort of wonder if he could still switch positions and play defensive line <laughs> better than he is at tight end. I mean, you talk about a guy whose career just went off the rails because he, in my opinion, went to the wrong place. He's also one of those guys throughout the process that was in shape, fat, in shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like Raekwon. Where's, where's Raekwon now? He used to be with the Dolphins. He's with someone else. He's on the Raiders. Is he? Okay. So Raekwon. there's a few of those guys that are, you know, funny to remember. Not that, I mean, we're two fat loads talking about stuff. But, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You see him one year and they're like, oh, buff. And then they see him and like, whoa, what happened to you? And then. You see them get back in shape, and then you buy in, and then they don't do well. And we got I mean, some guys like that. We got some guys like that in this class that we we do. I was just thinking that you know we do have some guys like that. Um, and and Raekwon had a good career too. But uh, I thought you were going to throw out a Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, I, he is. He is kicking around. He was a amazing, amazing. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought you were going to do is, is, which would be too easy, a complete layup was chad henny no i wasn't going to go with them i mean i looked at some of those but i knew you would know those but i mean we're loaded i'm telling you we could have a we could have a double digit five-star super bowl if these things line up right <laughs> i think chad henny was 2005 
Yeah, I saw people, you know, starting to take credit for it. 2004. I mean, that is unbelievable. No, pretty crazy, wasn't it? Gosh, the kid, I mean, to still be in the NFL and to come into that situation and do what he did is just really, really amazing. And, and you know, people say, oh, he's a bust. It's okay at Michigan. He was just an average NFL guy. Yeah, but he still collected paychecks. He just saved the Chiefs season. So that's for a 13 overall player. Who do, let's see who we ranked ahead of him at his position. Because he was the number Anthony Morelli, if I oh, remember. Geez. And Rhett Bomar, who uh, got a job selling cars or something from Oklahoma. It was a no-show job and got booted. Didn't he kick or didn't he make it to the NFL though or something? Yeah, with the Giants as like a second string for a little while. Boy, what a Rally's a quarterback coach now, obviously, as you know. Yeah, and Xavier Lee was also in there. And Xavier Lee was pretty much a wide receiver playing quarterback. <laughs> Boy, what a year for quarterback. You had two how many five stars did we have? Holy cow. We had Tuiasa Sopo. He's a baseball player playing football. Yeah, not the good Tuiasa Sopo either. Um, nope. And then I think that's it on the. Yeah. Like, Robbie Reed was close. Boy, and we couldn't make Marshawn Lynch a five star, but we had Tuiasa Sopo, huh? <laughs> I'm going to. Marshawn Lynch. That was it. That was an interesting one because it was Adrian Peterson and then nobody else that whole year. Right. Calvin Johnson was in that. See, that's when you get killed with some of these guys who just missed, you know, Calvin Johnson, Marshawn Lynch, who were, you know, probably both Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, both Hall of Famers. And then that, that class itself in 2004, I mean, you know, Peterson was the focus at running back. So you drop down and Marshawn was the second running back in that class. But he was just outside of five. He was 28th in the country. And again, that's a low number of five stars. I mean, that year we had 25 five stars. And right. I remember, you know, the 25th five star, of course, is, is Brian Toll from Jersey, which I got yelled at about. And he didn't, you know, he got injured. He was the biggest rookie of the year at BC one year and then got injured the next couple of years. But, uh, we cut it off. I mean, we had all these guys and it's just like, I, I'll be blunt. We're done. We had Glenn Dorsey floating around here up and uh, like, down. Marcus down Freeman was in that class. If you want to feel really old. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, you guys are obsessed with him. I just like, I don't, I mean, I don't remember him. So it was definitely, it was so, it was so good. Well, I remember that army bowl because they went down there and they had a shortage of linebackers. So they put Tola running back and he ran for three touchdowns and begrudgingly a certain person who was on our staff at the time said, okay, you'll be a five-star. And he played running back at BC and stuff like that. But Marcus Freeman was on that five-star, you know, bubble and, and probably should have been. He was really good. Calvin Johnson, as you mentioned, was there too. So I don't know why we had 25 that year. Well, that was before you were in charge. Yeah, that's when I was just a just a just a voice, you know, like a chimer inner. Yeah, I'm like, were you like me who argue? You know, I'm the only one who argues with you these days on our calls. There wasn't really a lot of arguing. There was a lot of swearing, and there were people in the meetings that shouldn't have been in the meetings mm. that had no business being in the meetings. It yeah, was very like confusing. That <laughs> <laughs> these were people who weren't even analysts. Like. Okay. Let's just bring him in. And I'm like, what? But 
those were the early days. But that was uh, that was the year I believe that I got on television, and then all of a sudden I became the uh, the apple of a certain someone's eye, and uh, that's when I was a star. And then three years later, when I was kicked off television because ESPN didn't buy Rivals, then I became a turd again. Well, you were on television. You were on NBC then for quite a while. Yeah, but that was once a year. I mean, I was on ESPN three, four times a week. I mean, I, I lived there. I lived 10 minutes away. It was awesome. I'll be blunt, Mike. You're the best. We love you. And then you get off and you're like, I'll be blunt. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And everybody really knows inside. what I'm talking about internally. But. Right. This is real inside baseball. Whoever, someone, I don't know. I don't even know who you're talking about, but that to be blunt reference is definitely going to get picked up by somebody. Speaking of which, <laughs> boy. Your friend at Freezing Cold Takes could have a field day with some certain people and their tweets on Jeremy Pruitt. We might have to make him aware of some of those, huh? You know what? I went back and forth on Jeremy Pruitt. Um, but I'm not talking about you. Months. I'm talking about a prominent oh. person who used to. Oh, you're talking about my man Clay? No, I'm talking about someone who used to be your boss at Rivals a long time ago. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. That That could be yes. Well, I hit him up the other day and I said, um, hey, man, how about a positive one? You know, because I, I, I know there was a tweet out there where I said Diggs hadn't been selected in the third round and someone's going to get a steal and he's going to be motivated and ticked off. He's like, no, so many other people felt that way. And I'm like, no, they didn't. He played at Maryland. No one cared. No one even knew. So he wouldn't give me the positive one. But yet he will roll out the um, who's the crappy quarterback at Florida that I said was Russell Wilson. Treon. Yeah, Treon. He rolls out Treon traditionally on signing day. And then obviously Mahomes, when he wins the Super Bowl, that one will go up. Yeah, this is a, I'm looking at some tweets about Jeremy Pruitt might be the best recruiter in the country. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, the success of Kirby Smart made Jeremy Pruitt more coveted. He's a 10 out of 10 recruiter he's not a 10 out of 10 recruiter i'm sorry okay <laughs> no and and you gotta remember that he also was at alabama for a little while and that particular someone anybody who's out of alabama was a god let me tell you something being at alabama is like being an offensive lineman on the undefeated football team in high school and you could get any chick you want because <laughs> you're undefeated and you, you played with Trevor Lawrence or whatever. And then you go to college and you're at a D2 school and you're like, Hey, I'm on the football team. And the girls are like, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> who cares? You fat turd. Like, <laughs> get away from me. Um, so I was speaking, of, uh, speaking of, of, of not fat, but you know, the whole Mac Jones dad bod thing. He's done well for himself. And the girlfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I talked to Mac yesterday, believe it or not. He he does he doesn't follow me anymore. Uh we were talking about going to he's down in Mobile training. Uh, speaking of which, down in Mobile, our boy David Morris from QB Country's got Davis Mills down there. He's got uh Mac down there, he's got a couple of big names. So uh uh they've been trying to get Are me you to going? Play. Are you going to? Uh well, that's what I was talking to Mac about. Am I gonna go down? I you know, I was originally supposed to go to the senior bowl. I don't know if it's going to happen. I might go for one day or I might go down on the weekend and just go hang out with David and see if I could see some of the quarterbacks throwing it around and stuff. So well, I don't know. 
but you know when i talked to mac about it, i said that one that one picture that everyone shows is from like that was before he was the starter you know the dad bod picture and people don't realize he wears a rib protector in games so people think mac is like some fat turd and it's like well they think he's huge my buddy that's all he said he's not a college football fan but he's over watching that the bam ohio state game and he's like justin fields is small i go no he's not small I go, he's, he's about six, two and a half. And he's yeah, probably, three. yeah, like two, 225. He's like, really? He goes, Mac Jones is huge. I go, he's got more padding on than that. You remember that Charmin commercial where you put, <laughs> they, right. they stuffed the, the, the toilet paper into their little onesies or whatever. I go, he's got more pads on than, than anybody on earth. He's not that huge. He's, he's bigger than he was, but he's not a massive quarterback. But well, I, I asked Mac what he was going to run. And he said he was running four seven during the summer. So he's when he was in his best shape. Zero percent chance. What do you think? He, so Herbert, who is pretty fast, ran like a four six nine last year. Oh, Max going to run a four nine. Yeah, which I told him. I said I think if you get under five, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, four seven. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I have a bet with with uh, Lackford about Rondell Moore's. 40 time oh yeah what is rondale gonna run a 4-1 or something according yeah to i gotta look it up but he, he bought into the hype of rondale and i'm like oh no he's he made the hype he is the hype blackford has been bugging me about rondale more for five years well and here's the thing the combine is going to be canceled right yes so they're going to run pro days and, they and everybody knows at pro days everybody knows that they drop you down the chute 38 yards at a pro day and you run a 4-1 that's, right. So that's not fair. Like, remember that you probably don't remember this, but a few years, like maybe 15 years ago, Virginia Tech used to come out with these 40 times at their pro days. And D'Angelo Hall ran like a 4 1 2 or something. Like, every 40 time was just completely fabricated and a joke. And now all pro days are like that. Uh, hey, listen, I got news for you. D'Angelo Hall is about to be back in your life, Mike, because his son is coming up uh and he bugs me about him all the time so. you can bug me i like d'angelo he's well, a little I, bit mouthy but that's all right well no i actually like him but i told him we'd take you know because his son was you know i think he's probably just getting to high school now and i told him hey we'll invite well, you know we'll have him out to an event blah 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 yeah. but, you know not a lot of follow through there but atlanta well, now that the saints have lost now chauncey gardner is gonna be uh all over me about a seven on seven team you mean CD Deuce, I believe, was his change. <laughs> Who follows, unfollows, tells me to shut up, then ask for help. And it's just. I look forward to seeing Chauncey. I can't wait to see Chauncey next time I see him. I might, yeah, I might, I might punch him just for, <laughs> just, just for fun. <laughs> I want to be like an NFL player and punch Chauncey in the face. Remember um, how many, how many lies Chauncey had about camps? Yeah, I remember because I was the point person on Chauncey, but I also remember Chauncey famously mocking a former rival's employee for crying. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was deserved, and you probably made that point former rival's employee cry. No, it was actually it was a coach who made him cry, um, and Chauncey well, saw him crying and he came up to me and said, 
hey, Woody, your boy's crying. And started <laughs> hitting me and laughing and mocking yeah. the person right in front of their face. Speaking of that person, I told you about my management years, those, those formative, whatever, three years I was a manager. That particular person called me up and I was managing them and, and trying to train them while Woody was trying to destroy his life. And wrong. It was the other way around. It was this is how the conversation starts. He goes, I've been talking to my wife and we both agree that you're a pretty horrible manager. Yeah, I remember that. I'm like, that's how you start a conversation. That was when you finally started to turn on him, though, because I had been trying to tell you guys he was a, you know, a little unstable. But you th everyone I, thinks I, I hate. Oh, Woody, you hate everyone, you know. Well, and listen. The requirement at the time was a four-year degree at Yahoo. Like, try to find somebody in our industry that's with a four-year degree. That's embarrassing. I don't even want to discuss <laughs> the fact that we had to pass over several candidates because they didn't graduate college. Like, you know, we had anyway. to. I, it was a. I, I had to. I, I said, remember. "How about this kid?" Nope. I remember. Well, and I I tried to talk one of my friends into taking the job, and now he's. He was like, no, I don't want to cover recruiting. I'm trying to do, and he, was, he had a background. He liked recruiting. And now he's like working for some Miami Hurricanes, like recruiting blog, like 10 years later. I'm like, dude, you could have been here the whole time. What are you doing? But, I think he, I don't know. I don't know who got the better of that though. Yeah. Well, we're not friends anymore. So that's shocking. <laughs> really surprising you having a falling out with somebody. All right, I got a pee. Can we wrap okay. this up? Yeah, that's it for this week. Um, I'm going to start doing uh, some more podcasts with other guests besides you later in the week once I get uh, settled in. Hopefully, I get to go to the Senior Bowl. But um, other than that, Mike and I are going to be having constant Vols updates all week. So be sure to check out the Rivals YouTube channel and Rivals Twitter. So, all right, Mike. All right, see you. Bye.